You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What's happening, everybody? This is Costa from Gate 7 International. I've got a little smile, a little one, because the basketball team has just won 67-58 against Armani Milano. That's a massive win against the team that's third in the standings. We were just below them. So that's kind of sweetened what's been a very, very bitter night for Olympiagos as Olympiagos go out of the Europa League. I'm alone tonight, um, so get those comments coming in. There's already quite a lot there uh, before we've even started. Before we start, guys, hit that like button. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe, hit the bell, make sure you don't miss future episodes. Labro and Costalianos, our friend, were both at the stadium tonight. They've got a vlog uh, they're preparing as well. So there's going to be another vlog coming out, as I mentioned yesterday on the preview. So yeah, guys, if you like what you listen to tonight, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. It really helps getting the uh, getting the name of the show out there and spreading it to more and more fans across the world. Now, uh, where do I begin? I'm going to go straight to the chat. And it's things are really heating up here, guys. Um, we said that we're gonna keep it real tonight. We're gonna. There's a lot of problems at the club. It's a transition year. But before we really jump into the real talk, let's just remind ourselves of what's happened tonight. So, Pedro Martins ends up lining up with a three-five-two formation, or at least that's what it was shown as a three-five-two. With um, Vachlik in goal, the three at the back with Cisse, Manolas, and Socrates, Kenny Lala on the right, Ole Grabchuk on the left, Yanem Villa, Agibu Kamara, and Madi Kamara in midfield. So no Bukhalagis today. And then Onyokuru and Tikino starting up top, or at least that's how it was shown, because I really don't know where Henry Onyokuru was supposed to play. I don't understand what. His role on the pitch was just a game that really somewhat summarised our our season. Just a confused team with no real identity, trying with whatever they had to do something. But in the end, zero. Zero shots on target tonight ladies and gentlemen, in a game that we needed at least two goals because uh, I, I could not foresee a scenario in which Atalanta were not going to score in this game. We needed to open up. And um, I mean, look, I know some people have said to me that 
we kept things together in the first half and it wasn't bad. But I'm sorry, that isn't Olibiagos. What we've what we've watched today was not Olibiagos. Generally, this season, what we've been watching is not what we expect from Olibiagos as Olibiagos fans. Uh, just not good enough. I've said it before already in after the Frankfurt defeat. This is a transition year and I'm waiting for this season to finish. I... You know, a lot of people are going to say, okay, now we need to win the double. Minimum, minimum need to win the double. Uh, I, I don't want to say any more about that. That's what we we expect as Olympiagos fans is to win in, in every game. And um, I think that the fact that Olympiagos is an undefeated team in the Greek league says a lot about the state of Greek football, the Greek league, and coming up against a team like Atalanta, that had so many problems coming with no striker tonight. Luis Muriel out, injured. Uh, Duvan Zapata out as well. Josep Ilicic out. <sighs> the draw was difficult. We know we were coming up against a good team, a real team. And, um, you know, we've been beat in the end. It was game over after that mistake from Kenny Lala. It was game over in the 40th minute. We'd kept it at 0-0. God knows what the game plan was. He could have we could have gone into the second half, snatched a goal. It could have been a it could have been a different game if we hadn't gone one nil down in the first half in the 40th minute, so close to half time. Who knows? But um just amateur defending. Amateur defending from Kenny on the right hand side, and it's cost us as well. And in in these competitions against good opposition, you get punished. And that's what happened to us tonight. And then it was the Malinowski show in the second half. One goal, I think it was the 66th minute. And again, three minutes later, an absolute corker from outside the box with his left foot made it look like a penalty. And uh, he, he had acres of space outside the box. And all he had to do was lift his leg, pull the trigger he had time to smoke a cigarette and sip his coffee before he took that shot and it just blasted into the top corner. Vachlik could do nothing and the ball was hit with so much power it even bounced back out. So that was um, Malinowski show in the second half. And again, uh, guys, zero. Zero shots on target from Olympiagos. I'm going to go to the comments, guys. Um, George Kefalas, Martins is a joke. He's obsessive and often shows favoritism to players who doesn't deserve while burying others like Chumich and Markovic. Then there is the team. I compare today's team to the one that beat Benfica 5-1 and I get depressed. Yeah, okay, but uh, you're talking about players like uh, Galetti, Georgievich on that team. Let's let's not... <laughs> Let's not go down that road, uh, George. I, I know you're you're critical of the manager as well. We've been critical of the manager as well on this on this podcast. I have I have a lot of questions about what happens with the manager. Has he did he renew his contract to try and settle the dressing room and make sure we win the league by the end of the season? Is it just prolonging the inevitable? Will he leave in spite of uh, contract extension? We don't know. But the thing is. At the end of this season, we have a very short break because now we're playing from the first round of qualification for the UEFA Champions League qualifiers. So that means probably 
our preseason is going to have to start in early June, qualifiers starting in early July. So we need to know who's going to be building this team in June. Is it going to be Pedro Martins? I, I, I really don't know. If Pedro can build a team like what he did his first two years, great. If it's going to be so that I see, you know, we see what we've seen tonight or all year this year, then maybe it's time for something different. I don't know. Um, it depends on on a lot of things. Garcia, I think this is a fan from from Spain. Martins on Yakuru and Lala out. Yeah, I mean everyone. Henry on Yakuru. I mean, to be honest with you, when I saw the so-called three-five-two formation or whatever it was at the beginning, I thought, okay, we've paid five million for this player surely 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 he can show something and you know what i don't like to see i don't think anyone likes to see a player get get booed off like that but i really can't say anything to defend him like i understand the fans frustration all we're going to remember of henry on yakuru at the end of the season hopefully he's gone hopefully he's gone at the end of the season all we're going to remember is that he came for 5 million, reported 5 million euro fee. He took the number seven, which is an important thing at this club. I don't need to explain why. And then we played Ludogorets, and the day after we got knocked out of the Champions League, he went to Turkey and dyed his hair green. Those are the two things we're literally going to remember about this player, that he dyed his hair green and he took the seven and did nothing, scored one goal, and one assist and got booed off the pitch in the biggest, arguably the biggest game of the season. And Kenny, I don't know what to say. Kenny Lala is, I've seen games where you just think he's good. He's a, he's a good right back, but then there's just some games where he's, he disappears. It's like he's not even on the pitch and he's just not good enough. He's not, not good enough. And today sealed it for me. I, I said that there there are a number of players that I really just never want to see in an Olympiacos shirt again. And okay, we still have time until the end of the season, so that's unrealistic. But next season, I just I do not want to see. I'm sorry, I don't want to see Kenny Lala in this team. I don't want to see Henry Nukuru in a red and white shirt. I, I, I don't want to see Oleg Rebchuk as a starter in this team. I'm fed up. I'm really fed up. At least we won in the basketball. Tut de la tut. Yes, my friend, that's what I, I was saying at the beginning of the pod. That's uh, the only reason why I can smile a little bit today. Because uh, great game. We were behind for most of it. And then in the fourth quarter, Costas Lucas turned it on. Two big three-pointers and he helped create a distance between uh, Armani. So, yeah, we have some joy from from the basketball Dimitris Christidis says a dreadful performance tonight and an embarrassing display. <clears throat> you have to ask, there's a lot of questions we can ask, mate. Should we have played with a 4-3-3 like, like Fiorentina has played against uh, against Atalanta at the weekend? You, when, when we changed it to 4-3-3 in the second half, we had a bit more possession. Meaningless, but... Uh, at least we could carry the ball in their half. In the first half, we had trouble getting the ball out of our own our own box. Just 
pass back, pass back to Vatchlik and try and build up and then the ball gets stolen. And and yeah, it was it was just a bitter, bitter disappointment. And I say it again, a big fat zero on a night where you expect the team to come out and show some character, show what they've got. We know there've been problems since the beginning of the season, but it doesn't justify it. It doesn't justify what we've seen on the pitch. Vios Memtas, similar similar comment. Yasruvaya, disgusting performance, ashamed. A lot of people now asking for Martinez's head in here as well. Billy Mutafis, poor performance all rounds, but no one played worse today than Madi Kamara. I can think of one or two players that played worse than Madi Kamara tonight, to be honest, man. Uh, Kenny Lala for starters, and then Madi. While again, he's a he's a shadow of of his his good self and what we're used to. He at least had that shot in the first five minutes with his left foot, and it went whiskers wide. Um, so yeah, I, I can think of a few players that were that were worse than him. Super Bowl Nicoletos, uh, our team did not play so well. I think that's putting it mildly, my friend. De La Tuts says, shit performance, shit coach, shit players. They do not understand how to recognise and honour our club. That's probably true of a few players on this squad, man. I just think that there are a lot of players on this team that just don't understand and don't want to understand and don't belong. They don't deserve to wear the red and white. Um, I was somewhat surprised at the end at how civilised the atmosphere was in terms of the reaction at the end of the game because I know Henry got booed. But, uh, yeah, the end was uh, somewhat civilised and it could have been, it could have gotten nasty. Um, uh, Whoever you are, man. Pedro Martins is chiming in now. Just looking up a few more comments. Lagis Gavalas. Hello, Lagis. Team has been regressing for the last 18 months. Yeah, um, something I've been saying for sure as well, man. Just after that second season, um, and if you look at Martins' progression and the evolution of the team, we've actually done a, a video about this, which I encourage you to watch. The team's basically, you know, gone up first two seasons peaked in 2019 2020 and then it's been a it's been downhill since uh since the 2019 2020 season after that wolves game when uh when covid hit and you know it messed it messed things up a lot of players probably would have gone if it wasn't for for the covid crisis and the way it affected the economy i can think of a number of players but it's been it's been uh, a regressing team the last 18 months and i'm gonna i'm gonna get into some more Guys, but uh, I did mention that Labro and, and Costalianos were both in the stadium today and they have sent their post-match thoughts on video and I'm going to go ahead and play that right now and you can get a little feeling uh, of the atmosphere in the stadium right after the game is finished. So check this out. Okay. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> no intro whatsoever. Atalanta, one of the worst performances I've seen of Olympiacos in Europe. I want to say in a little while, and 
everything that's happened this season has come back tonight. The poor football, the poor decisions, the bad formations, the bad play. It all came out tonight in the Karishkaki and Olympiakos suffered by a kill by a very good team. Do I say the end of Pedro Martinez and Olympiakos could be tonight? It's pretty ironic. I was kept, I kept telling Labro it was a very ironic performance because at the, in Italy the lines were together. There was a, a system. There was a formation that was uh, being used, and the team were done more from set pieces. In this game, the team quenched the set pieces danger, but they just couldn't keep the lines together. Uh, Labro said uh, said it best with uh, about Atalanta. Uh, to think that this is a team that just cannot win in Italy for over a month and beat us on both legs with relative ease, even though they have all those injuries, they're missing, they're missing players, they're missing attackers, and they still did it relatively well, relatively easy. A lot of problems at Olympiacos, a lot of work to do in the summer. The season's basically over. All that's left is the double. I feel like this is a sort of make or break uh, game for Pedro Martins because uh, Either he builds on this, he builds a team for next season with two really good fullbacks, Olympiacos need fullbacks, or this is the match that just keeps Olympiacos on the wall, just keeps them down. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see indeed. Uh, I guess this is the end of our vlog. This is really depressing. This is not fun. Uh, one of the most difficult moments I've lived in the Karishkaki tonight. Uh, but. Olympiacos in the easy times, Olympiacos in the difficult times, we'll turn it around. Um, difficult tonight, really difficult. Um, I don't know what to say. I guess I'll have a longer message to say when I'm on the podcast, but this was a really tough night to win. Um, I don't know where Olympiacos goes after tonight. We'll see. Very mediocre performances in Europe, very mediocre appearances and performances all around, really from Olympiacos. It's so, it's, it, it's so weird that uh, we went from that Olympiacos team that almost eliminated Wolves from the last 16. And for the last two years, the game and the performance have been have been so hapless, both in Greece and in uh, and in Europe. It just says a lot about Greek, Greek football that this team that we just saw is undefeated. Busy summer, and no matter what, I, I am a broken record. I don't care. I'm going to keep saying that. Get two really good fullbacks. I don't care if Tikini and El Arabi live together. You're not buying a center forward. You're getting two good fullbacks. I did. Done. Done. I can't agree more with that last statement about uh, about the fullbacks, especially if you want to play three at the back. My gods, uh, those fullbacks are just simply not good enough. When you're used to seeing players like Kostas Timikas more recently, Grigoris Jorgatos some years ago, and now you see you're seeing these fullbacks. I mean, I, I, I'm going to go as far as saying even Rafinha is better than than Lala. I would rather have Rafinha playing than Kenny Lala. I'm going to say it. At least the guy was consistent. At least he was consistent. So I hope you enjoyed that little post-match reaction from Labro and Costa straight from the stadium. As I said earlier, there is a vlog coming out the next couple of days. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button below. Hit the bell. You'll be notified as soon as that episode comes out. 
Um, if you like what you what you're listening to, what you've heard, hit the like button as well. Help the channel spread and get out there to all Olympiacos fans around the world, wherever you are. I know some of you are listening from from Australia, from the US, from from the UK. Some people got up at three in the morning in Australia to watch the game. Some people didn't go to sleep at all. And uh, and they stayed up to watch what they watched. Um, ownership and the majority of fans don't care as long as they win the Greek League, sadly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I'm sure a lot of the headlines tomorrow will be Ketorato Double. <laughs> And I, I kind of said it a little bit earlier as well. That's what I expect. Tomorrow, it is what it is. And the only way that we can get into Europe is by winning the league. Um, so that's what that's what we need to do. And now with the coefficient, you know, Greece going down the coefficient uh, more and more every year, it's more important to win the Greek league. But um, there's something I want to say, actually, and it's about it's about the club's motto. We keep on dreaming. And I was thinking about it earlier today. We keep on dreaming. I'm, I'm fed up of it being a dream. We all want it to happen. Like if it doesn't happen, like the song says, but but it's, I don't know, is it getting a bit old? Like it shouldn't be a dream. It should be something that we're trying to accomplish. Huh? We want to live that experience. We don't just want to dream about it. We need to make it happen. It's just something that I was thinking about earlier. I don't know if there are any any thoughts on that. Leave them in the chat. Leave them in the comments below. Do you agree with we keep on dreaming? Should that be our motto? Am I am I completely crazy? Yorgos Mudzuris says generally struggling to think of the worst performance i've ever seen from us at home in my lifetime can't think of any uh Phile, i can olibiago sporting was pretty abysmal i was at that game um so question is this team as bad as besnik hassi's team is it I don't think so. I'm not sure, but it's it's giving them a run for their money. I can tell you what, if if this team played against Besnik Hassi's team, that would probably be the most drab encounter I've ever I've ever watched. You know, the, the worst, probably the worst game of football you'll ever see. <sighs> Excuse me. Tut de la tut, you're back. We're going to win the double with shit performances in every single game. That's been um, that's been the story of our season, mate. And and, and now. All right, I, I want to I wanna get to, to some real talk because this game has exposed hard truths once again. It's exposed the mistakes that were made in the summer. Look at the signings that we've made. Look at the team that played today. Which of the signings that we made in the summer have come through? Tiquinho. Yeah, he scored, was it 13 goals in... About as many minutes as, as El Arabi and El Arabi scored, I think, 15, six of which are penalties. We got Tiquinho for free, guys. He was my signing of the summer. I'm not tooting my own horn here, but he was my signing of the summer for a number of reasons. We got him for free. 
Like we know what he can do in Europe. He's done it before. He will be better next season. If he can stay injury free, I, I, I'm saying it now. You heard it from me. Tiquinho is going to be our number one striker next season. And um, it showed again today why I think he was our best player today. His hold up play was really good. He got, you know, he fought with the three centre backs of Atalanta, and uh, I, I, I thought he had a, he was our, you know, least worst performer today on the night. But again, guys, no wing backs. We said let's give Oleg a try and Lala a try in the summer. We got knocked out of Europe. We didn't sign a left back. We signed Michal Karbovnik. Karbovnik's now playing in the B team. Fotis Kitsos has been promoted and they're calling him the next Simikas project, but he doesn't even get a game against Volos. Probably he's only going to play in the in the cup. Now Mario Vrusa is playing at right back and Thanasis Andrutos is out of the seemingly out of the manager's plans. So we cocked it up at, in the fullback positions, even though we it, it seemed like we would be playing the, the three three at the back system. We've gone and played the three at the back system with fullbacks that can't attack or that aren't consistent. We didn't sell Madi Camara. We bought in Ronnie Lopez on on loan. He seemed to be getting into gear towards you know towards Christmas. Then co- he got COVID, and now he's. Uh, playing 10 minutes against Atalanta in Bergamo, not coming on today. An absolute mess in the summer. And I said it before, I'll say it again. This is the worst team Pedro Martins has had in his four years in charge. And another hard truth, guys. You know what? We didn't deserve to qualify for the playoff round. We did not deserve to qualify for this round of the Europa League. The only reason we qualified is because Vitor Pereira was the manager of Fenerbahce. Think about how our group campaign went. A 2-1 win against Antwerp at home with an Oleg Rebchuk hero performance and goal at the end in stoppage time against Antwerp, against the fourth seed team in the group. And we were number one seeder. Then, arguably, the only game that we've played good football this season against Fenerbahce, away from home, was it a 3-1 win, two goals from Masuras and a goal from Tiquinho. Then two defeats from... From Frankfurt, Mekatevazmena Tajergia. And then a 1 0 win against Fenerbahce that 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 uh, that sealed qualification in second place. And again, it was a stoppage time winner from Tiquinho in a drab encounter. That's the story of our group campaign. And that's the story of our season. We, we've made it all. Some people have tried to make it out as a success, which financially speaking, uh, and, you know, the optics, Olympiacos is playing in the last 32. It's like, okay, that, that was an objective. But, but how did you achieve that objective? If we, if we look back 
at how we played in the group. Are we happy with how we played? Are we happy with the football this team's played this season? Does this team have an identity? No, it doesn't. This team has no identity. Okay, we still don't know what our best starting eleven is. We still don't know what our best formation is this season. It's February, but the Greek league's so crap that you know we're happy to win the Greek league. Undefeated, we're undefeated. This team, this team that can't hit the target in a game. And George Kefaz was saying earlier. I compare this team to the team that beat Benfica 5-1. So you don't need to go that far back. You can go back to Martinez's second season. Compare it to that team. Where's your where's your computer in the midfield? Where's where's your Guillerme? Where's your Pedense? Dare I say it, where's your where's your Ruben Semedo from the first season? Who can bring the ball out of our defense? I mean, Cissé tried to do it from, from the left centre-back position today and how many balls did he play to to one of our players in the first half with his left foot? We don't have that. It's just a team that, dare I say it, they need to, they need to make a lot of changes in the summer and players are going to leave, some of them that we want to leave and some that we might not want to leave. What else have I got? Um, it's totally unacceptable that this team plays a home game in front of fans for the first time in two and a half months and we didn't even hit the target. Not once. We need to rediscover that identity. This team traditionally is has become known or we've identified it as fans as an attacking team as a team that that likes to grab the opponent by the throat, that likes to have flary wingers, whether it's a uh, Jorgatos, a Djordjevic, a Yanakopoulos, Galetti, Miralas. Where are those kinds of players? They're not there. Sadly, they're not there. And that's my little rant over in terms of real talk, guys. Everyone, go away and think about it. Really, did we deserve to get this far? And really, was it a surprise that we got knocked out today against the better team, but against the team that had a lot, a lot of problems and a lot of key players out missing? That's what we can do, what we showed today. And we were knocked out by a better team. The, the gulf in quality between us and Atalanta was absolutely huge. So it's no surprise. It's just you expect a little bit of effort. And you know what, guys? We've been going for, for half an hour. I uh, really appreciate all the comments coming in. I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna drop the link in the chat. We are live. It is past midnight in Greece now. I've just dropped the link. Anybody that wants to come on, have a chat, let me know your thoughts on the game. Don't be shy. Like um for Greek listeners as well, παιδιά, μην τρέπεστε, σας παρακαλώ, μια χαρά τα μιλάμε τα ελληνικά, άμα θέλετε, ελάτε, χτυπήστε το link, ελάτε να κουβεντιάσουμε. Come on the show, let's have a chat, um, keep, me, keep me some company. 
Uh, and on that note, there's a comment from, from Helen, 4044. I'm translating from Greek now. She says, I am, I'm ashamed to be Olympiakos and not for the defeat. Yeah, this is um, booing one of our players when he comes out, when he's subbed off. What is she saying? Yeah, so she's saying that it's not a solution to just boo one of our players, even if he's been he's been paid a lot of money and he's not he's not living up to that. Players aren't robots, um, nor FIFA. Yeah, disappointing. I mean, I said that I said that earlier. It's it is what it is with um, with on your crew, and you don't like to see it, but I can I can somewhat understand it. And I have a guest that's ready to join. I wonder, is it George Gefalas? Yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm way way older than you guys. I've been an Olympiacos fan since 1964 when I was 10 years old. I have to say, first of all, you're doing a great job. Second, the team. Thank you is unbearable it's absolutely awful awful and this is a creation of management this is a creation of the coach uh, bad choices in transfers uh and this mentality of the fans this bullshit about keep on dreaming that you said yes i say we keep on having wet dreams that's about it you know i'm sick and tired Salzburg, some years ago, was eliminated by Ike by a total score of 3-1. to one. Look where Salzburg is today, and look where Olympiakos is. And I have other teams, Slavia Praga, Dinamo Zagreb. Why can't we get beyond the top 16? We're just losers. We have the DNA of a loser, losing team, period. I don't think it's... Um... I don't think it's that we have a loser's mentality. I just think that, like you said, you're, you're a lot older than me. I'm born 1986. So I, I've seen different generations of, of Olympiacos teams. And maybe we had a loser's mentality when we were, um, you know, when we were losing away from home, when, you know, we'd go to an away game in the yeah. Champions League and we, know, we, we knew we'd lost before we'd even stepped out on the pitch. And thank God, for, thank God for Lemonis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was Lemonis, and we had Pechtarades in that team. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that beat Verde Bremen. Was it three two, three three three, three, three one, one three there. one over there, three one, yeah, three one yeah. over there, and then beating Lazio in the Olimpico two yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and then you know, Valverde I think did a lot to kind of um, create a, a mentality around the club, uh, an offensive modern way of playing pressing high up the pitch and now with Pedro you know we we saw that I think in in the first season a little less in the second it was more refined by far I think his 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 best season the second season he had a complete team he had all the pieces of how he wanted to play but but you know it, it goes in cycles now, like a couple of years when we're good and a couple of years when we're shit and it just feels. I've said it. I've said it since, since the game against Frankfurt, um, the home game that we lost. Because I was at the away game, 
And after the game that we lost at home, I said, the season's over for me. I expect nothing from this team. I know where this is going. It's just going to be one of those seasons where we play crap. The competition in Greece is crap. So when there's no competition in your in your national league, there is no incentive to improve. There's no incentive to invest seriously. Because we we you can say we invested, we spent five million on, on Henry and Yukuru. But <laughs> but 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 um it's it's the wrong investment. Yeah. It was just and you, a, know, you know what? You know what? Uh the owners and not just this guy now, Kokalis before too, but at least Kokalis brought some really great players. But when they hear the fans singing yeah. That shows you these people have no ambition, nothing at all. All they care about is winning this, what I call, Superliga, Superliga, <laughs> you know, and it's absurd. Winning against Volos and Ofi and Aceras Tripoli, give me a break. Give me a break. And Martins, Martins, I have serious doubts about him. The guy is fixated. And, you know, I don't consider his four-year stint such a success. I mean, there have been other coaches that brought Olympiacos just as far in Europe, even further than him. What has he done? He, the first year, he eliminated us. He got us eliminated by La Mia in the Cup. Okay? He won. He lost a championship. He's won the championship the next two, three years. Sure. But look at the other uh, teams. Look at Ike. Look at Pauk. Pauk, I'm watching now, and they're going to be eliminated by Midland. They were they're tuning in, up. They're, no, no, they're in overtime and they're winning 2-1 and Midland had a, a hit the crossbar. Okay, I'm just turning the channel over now. <laughs> they're, they're awful, okay? Yeah. So uh, if you have no ambition and all you care about is winning the crap Greek league, as you said, then you deserve what you're getting. Resi... Like I said, the, the, for me, the season's over. I think there's there's no way we're not winning the league. I don't even want to. I don't even want to think like <laughs> about a scenario that where it goes tits up in Greece because uh, let's not talk about that now. And if we need to, we'll talk about it if if and when that happens. But but I don't think so. Just if you look at you look at the the teams that or the would be competitors, and we've seen it. It's just. There's again, there's no incentive to invest in, and as long as there's no competition in Greece, as long as all the owners don't don't try and figure things out between them, then uh, then things things aren't going to progress. But this is a much 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 bigger discussion than the one we're having today about you know what we've seen in the in the Frankfurt game, and it's and it's more than football. It's more than football, I'm afraid. I, I'm assuming you you live abroad, but uh, I I live in Canada. Uh, but no, we're, we're listen, about to Canada, Toronto, Toronto. I have a lot of friends yeah. there, so. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I don't understand this premuda of all the Greek clubs to uh, to go to Europe. Why? So they can be eliminated by Velez, by Östersund, <laughs> by Lemesos. Why? There's no reason. I think if they're serious in the Superliga, they should ban them from playing in Europe over the next five years. I mean that that's been a scenario as well, right? I mean, look uh, again if you you look at it from a broader perspective of the state of Greek football and you know what's happening in the football federation, the fact that Zagoragis 
resigned uh you know talking about the toxicity the the toxic nature of greek football and you know his his kids getting bullied and threatened at school um and, and there's no you know there's been no election there have been no elections to to replace him and yeah. uefa and fifa now are asking the federation to, to to hold free and fair elections can you believe this it's like we're we're talking politics in a in but a, listen, you know, listen a, a you're, way, you're way too young. When you talk about the toxic environment of Greek football, I'll tell you because I'm much older than you, you should take into consideration the toxic environment of all of Greece. They no, are, no, supposed, no, 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 they are no. supposedly surprised about the murder of Alkis. And I say to them, and I get curses, and I get people telling me, go die, old man, and all this. I say, listen, otrabuchismos, is a way of life in Greece. You go to the bank and somebody pushes you to get ahead of you. And the same thing with the bus stop, or you drive and you never know what maniac will come and kill you. This is a way of life. So why are you surprised that they killed someone over football? This uh, is I, you know, we've we've talked about that before, and it's. You know, there are no words really to to describe what's what's happened there. It's an absolute absolute tragedy. But I, I say this with the the biggest sadness, and I'm yeah, okay. I'm younger than you are. I'm 35 years old. Much younger. <laughs> it's, um, I I just can't understand. It. It's a cultural thing. That's what I was alluding to earlier. It's the, the whole the whole issues we're talking about. We're talking about the state of Greek football, but it's the state of Greece. But I really don't want to open that can of worms. Um, Listen, I was in Greece until 2013. And the way I describe my exit from Greece is one word. Vrapetevsa. Escape. Yeah. I mean, I remember me going because I believe I'm a very objective fan. I say what is good about Olympiacos, but I also say what is bad about the team. And I remember going to see games at Karaiskakis and being in danger of being beaten up because I express an opinion that is con was contrary to what the sheep had. Hmm. So I stopped going. I understand. I understand. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But look, um, we're not a Greek show. Um, as you know, this show is made up of Greeks of the, the diaspora. We love, we love Olympiakos. Our fathers, our grandfathers, they did, they did a job to, to make us fall crazily in love with this club that, you know, we, and you're we doing do. a great job and I, I'm, I'm really happy whenever I can contribute anything to, you know, in, in terms of opinion. Okay. So thank you very much for having me. Okay. My regards, to, my regards to Toronto, Canada. Much oh, love. Cold, cold, cold. My God. But <laughs> mercifully, mercifully, in 25 days, I'm going to Rio de Janeiro for two months. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep care. warm. Thank okay. you. Thank bye you, bye. That was our friend George Kefalas from canada toronto and we've got more we've got another another fan calling in hello my friends how are you doing introduce yourself hello um 
Well, I'm I'm Garcia. I watch a lot of uh, episodes, the podcasts, and today I think it's the hardest one. <laughs> uh, I compared uh, this match with one nil loss in in Antwerp, and I think it's quite similar. I mean, in Antwerp we didn't have the need to win because we were already qualified but today and it I mean Batslik wasn't even the hero as in Antwerp uh, I, I watched the game with with my father and when Atalanta scored the second he said the this keeper is oh my god but well, as you uh, told before, I'm from Spain. I know Batslik from Sevilla, and he's in a a bad goalkeeper. Uh, I think it's one of the signings of this summer, and he saved us in a lot of games. But today, the second and the third, all the goals. I mean, the first one was a mistake from Lala, of sure. But, well, in the third, uh, Malinowski with his left foot. Uh, as the Spanish uh, commentator said, the left foot of Malinowski is like a rocket. Yeah. And and he showed it. Yeah, but this was like, uh, this reminded me of a Rivaldo kick. Yeah. You know? It just, it, that's what it reminded me of. And I, I was... I was actually watching, I mean, I was watching the game from, from the sofa and my mother-in-law was here and even my mother-in-law was like, wow. And I, I, I nearly jumped out of my seat as well when I saw that goal. It was really a cracking strike and he's a fantastic player. Um, but I mean, really, is it is it Thomas Vachlik to, to blame today? Yeah, the ball's gone through his legs on the first one, but that if you're a defender there, you just clear it. You don't do what Kenny Lala did on the first goal. The second one, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't have any any blame to throw at at the Vachlik today. I think like you said, there have been a lot of games this season, including in the league where he saved us. Uh recently against Volos as well. But um yeah. tell me so your um tell me your story a little bit. So you're you're Spanish, right? Yeah, and the first uh, travel that I did in my life was to Greece and I was very young. Believe me, I was I think, six. And then when I came back to Spain, I started to follow Greek football, uh, ethnic key, everything. And I grew up uh, with Spanish and Greek football together. And at every Euro, every World Cup, I was supporting uh, Greece. <coughs> Uh, Olympiacos as well in Champions League when Panathinaikos uh, was playing Champions League I mean there were uh, two Greek teams playing the highest European competition right now that is uh, utopic <laughs> I think on the uh, UEFA rankings and coefficients I mean, but I remember uh, those derbies with um, Cisse in Panathinaikos. Uh, 
Miralas in Olympiacos, that was, and I was all nine or ten, and I was living it. And I compare it to this year, and this year, yeah, some of people said this is a transition transition year. Yeah, and I mean transition to what? <laughs> what is what is coming? I mean, uh, we seen Joao Carvalho in in winter and. Carvalho came, to, okay, he came from Nottingham Forest that the owner is Marinakis as well, but we need players from, I mean, a higher category, not maybe the Premier League, I mean, not United, but I mean, maybe it's, I think we have Greek, uh, very Greek players uh, playing in Serie A, uh, yeah. I mean, you have Liko Giannis in Cagliari, Kiriakopoulos in Sassuolo, uh, Yakumakis in Celtic. I mean, uh, Martins is upset with Repsiuk, and Liko Giannis and Kiriakopoulos are left backs as well. And Martins said, I want to give Kitsos more minutes in the league. And why didn't you think, I mean, Obviously, Liko Giannis and Kiriakopoulos are playing in Italy and to, came, uh, to Greece, I think, the, comparing the uh, level of the leagues, you know, uh, not, of, not a lot of players want to come here, I mean. No, of course, but you're, you're touching on a really important topic, I think, because you know, <laughs> excuse me, a, a lot of people were like, oh, why can't we, why can't we bring a better player than Henry and Yukuri? Why can't we bring a Miralas type player? Or why can't we bring Diego Costa? Or why can't we bring Tim Cahill on a free? Or, you know, there are a number of like really good players that are ex- having their, their, their contracts are expiring in the summer. But guys, context, context is everything. Have you, again, have you seen where the Greek league is in the coefficient? Why have you seen the the state of our national team? You talked about you know Greece being in the World Cup. Uh, the last time we played in a big competition, I was at the game in Brazil where we lost to Costa Rica on penalties, and you know since then it's been downhill. Why would anybody want to come to Greece? We've said it uh, many times before. Olympiakos is a it can be a, a club to rejuvenate players that are fading or that need to regain confidence before we sell them on or it can be a place like you know uh, a place for a player like Agibu Kamara players that that have talent that nobody knows uh, so they you know the club can be a launching pad but but then you 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 rightfully raised that there are a number of greek players that are playing abroad uh, who were shunned from the Greek league, you know. Um, nobody really took them that seriously. Babis Likoyanis got the opportunity to play under under Mitchell Gonzalez as a left-back in, uh, in a game against Levante. And that's all I really remember from Likoyanis. Uh, he was judged much too early. And then, you know, good for him. He went out and played in Austria at Sturm Graz. He got a... He got a move to Italy. Now he's playing at Cagliari. Um, Kiriakopoulos is a player that we looked at actually, but he, you know, he decided to go to Italy to play in Serie A. Why? Why the hell would he stay in 
in Greece who can develop if he goes abroad. And and the sad truth as well is that if you're a young player in Greece, I think even if you're playing for Olympiakos, your ambition is to go and play abroad, not to stay in Greece for more than more than two seasons, probably. That's the objective of any young Greek player. But do we do we as fans, as Olympiakos fans, have the patience to give a young player the opportunity? If we play Fotis Kitsos on the on the weekend and he makes a mistake, I don't think we're mature enough. But even this season, when the league is so so bad, we don't do it this season. So when are we going to do it? One thing, yeah, I agree with you totally. But one thing that pisses me off a little about the players that are coming in the recent years. Uh, yes, you said Olympiakos may be a launcher from some players like Agibu, but I mean, the old players like um, Socrates, Manolas, uh, Balbuena, uh, yeah, they play in Europe for four or five games and then in when the league is over, party in Athens and Piraeus. Uh, the booze in the street, last year, no, because of COVID, but a party at the stadium, party at Karikakis, Balbuena with a bottle, celebrating. But what did you yeah. do in an important game? We should celebrate, I mean, to arrive to uh, last 16 of Europa League, uh, maybe not this year, it wouldn't be deserved, but uh, I mean, you are uh, working in at the in the pitch in a game against Volos that is already won. Like, imagine three nil in, at the 60th minute, and yeah, it's already done. Uh, two months uh, more, and it will be having a party in Piraeus with a lot of people and drinking champagne. Uh, and the case of Ruben Semedo, I have, I can tell you because he played a lot here in Spain in two teams, Huesca and Villarreal. Well, in Huesca, uh, he did in Olympiacos what uh, he already done in Spain. In Huesca, when uh, that it's a very small team in, in Spain, uh, the first year they played in the first division Semedo made a mistake in one game and he was so sad, uh, uh, praying uh, and said, uh, oh my God, I'm so sorry at the dressing room. The president of the, the president of the club entered the dressing room and said, Semedo, don't worry, we are with you. And two weeks uh, after that, Semedo, having a party yeah. at home uh, and uh, someone called the police because of that party even the the same night he made the mistake in VRL he was uh, uh, jailed because of kidnapping and it, I mean I now Olympiacos my team I'm I, I can't handle with with that man. So, and in Porto, uh, you wait uh, like two weeks, and then you will read 
uh, anew about Semedo. And <laughs> it's obvious. And and Onyekuro, I, I mean, <laughs> my father is a Barcelona fan and said that Onyekuro is like the Dembele of Olympiacos. Yeah, Dembele is a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the mistakes. Do you I want mean, to do a swap deal? Let's do a swap deal. I, I will be agree. <laughs> uh, uh, is it, it's the, I mean, I don't know how it, uh, to say it. Awkward, um, clumsy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. It's just, it's just awful. God awful. And, and about the things in, in winter, uh, you know, the news about transfer market, Greece, that Diego Costa was free agent. Yeah. The, the rumor of Diego Costa, I mean, are you serious? We have Onyekuro every weekend in the starting 11. I mean, why Diego Costa would love? Because it's like uh, the thing I said before, it's the 34-year-old player that wait until uh, May or June to celebrate at Kariskaki with a bottle. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. Garci, thanks very much for for coming on the show, man. Um, nice to meet you finally. Thank you for thank you for supporting us and uh, Godspeed. Thank you. The, the pleasure is always mine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Goodbye. Ciao. All right. Do we have Romans Mirnidis? Hi. How are you going? What's up, man? No camera. Uh, um, no, I think the camera is on. Oh, he, yeah. Hello, that, that's he How are you doing, my friend? Uh, well, you know, with the whole situation with the war, I'm in Moscow right now, kind of shitty. It's completely fucked up right now. Let's hope yeah. it ends soon. But, yeah. you know, l let's stay away from it. Let's pray for the, for the best Amen. right now. Okay, let's talk about our Tell shit me, right now. What's on, what's on your mind? Let me ask you, Costa. Like seriously, yeah. Which one? The which was the best year we had with Pedro Martins in terms of a football play? The first season. Which one was the second best season? This, the next I mean, one. The so, next one, right? I, 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 yeah, I think that the first season we played the best football, but we didn't have a striker. We didn't have an El Arabi. Yeah, we had Guerrero and Hassan. I remember that. Yeah, but I, I mean, in in terms of general, like uh, football, we were the best season was the first season with Marcus. The, right? the football was incredible. I remember the Pauk game that we lost. It should be we, five I've one. Ne I've never seen. I, I can't remember many games where we've dominated an opponent like we dominated them. Exactly that, that season. Uh, I yeah. do remember that game. Believe me, I was in the Saloniki watching that game with my park friends, and it was uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. So the best uh, next season was the second one, the one after the yeah. first one, right? Yeah, yeah. Which and result and results wise, we did better that season. Screw the results. I'm not talking yeah. about the results. And which one is the worst one? This, this one by far. So by why far. the why it's fine to say that one player is regressing for some reason? Like Ba, we used to say. Yeah. But at the same time, we cannot say the same thing about Martins. He literally becomes worse and worse every season. And we never mentioned that. Yeah, that's... A I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you did. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, no. that's... no, I think I I don't. I th I don't think that he's immune to criticism. Uh, far from it. We've we've been quite critical of Pedro Martins. There are a lot of things that, frankly, I I just don't understand about you know what he's been doing. Like you know, why did he play three at the back in the playoffs last season? Why did he start preseason playing four? That's four, the two? point, Costa. There are so many questions without any yeah. answers. You know what's the yeah. main the main thing I'm thinking right now. I don't see a plan. I don't see a philosophy behind our game style. It seems like we're improvising all the time. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't, we don't we know don't what have... our best starting eleven is. We don't know what our best formation is. There's no identity. There's no identity. There's no team. identity. And how how you supposed to get a good uh, chemistry between the team when you're switching formations every week? Agreed. Agreed. But it's uh, that that that's that's exactly why I said Roman. Like uh, I've said it a few times today. Oh, and by the way, Balka through to the next round. They just won on penalties. Uh, anyway, them. yeah, good for them. Whatever. And for the Greek football in general, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, What was I saying? How about the formation thing? Yeah, yeah, you, you're right, mate. I mean. Too many questions unanswered, like you said. Uh, the whole Fortunis stuff last season as well. Fortunis playing on the left. Uh, there's, there's no, there's no logic to the transfers as well. Now I asked you about uh, two weeks ago. Which one, yeah. the last, uh, which was the last coach that uh, played three for three for Olympiacos? You answer that. Yeah, yeah, Katanets. Katanets. I yeah. mean, it's not in our DNA, and he stayed like uh, for two months, yeah. and he was fired after that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was I was saying that night when you asked the question that he played a format a three six one. I think he played a it's European so, game. It's so <laughs> fucked up. I mean, it's it not in our DNA. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed, agreed, man. I I don't know. It's um, the the team we saw in the first season. It had that. Olympiacos DNA, like the 43-1. Yeah, it, it had a spark, you know? Yeah. You could see a spark. You could see something. And yeah. we were so optimistic and saying that if that's our first year with that coach and he's showing that level yeah. of football, what's going to happen the next year's seasons? But he built on it and he refined it in the second season. He said, I can play the 4-2-3-1, but I can play a 4-3-3 as well because I've got a, I've got a, a Liverpool... Uh, you know, a player that can play for Liverpool as my left back, oh. yeah, and 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 a, and, a, and a right back like Omar El Abdelawi that can run up and down the wing all game. And for all the shit that that Omar got sometimes, because he was at least a consistent seven. Yeah, he was never above seven. It, it, I, I mean, it, under seven. Sorry, it, yeah. it was like you got what you got from him, and then there were games where he'd give an assist or he'd score a goal. Like there was the season. He was he never left. our worst, our worst player in one game. I cannot no. remember him like shitty. He was no. average or above average. That was like uh, yeah. all of the way. Yeah, and now uh, <laughs> and now he wants to play three at the back and play you know a system that really relies on you having top quality wing backs, which we just don't. And have. We, we have literally the words uh, like wing backs last. I don't know. At least fifteen, maybe twenty years, I can remember. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Actually, like to... we, you, we had Tarosidis, we had uh, Mazuak on the left. We had uh, who else was on the left? I mean, we even had Raul Bravo. On the left. Even Raul Bravo played all right for us. Oh, 
I mean, it's it's such a disaster, man. And another thing, I'm not sure if you mentioned that. Set pieces, man. I mean, if it's a fucking disaster, do you remember the first game against Atalanta, right? Yeah, I was at the game. Yeah, every single corner was like a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's unacceptable when you're playing with two uh, central midfielders, it's even worse when you play with three because you have three tall guys. And we've got big bodies, yeah, I was going to say. And we have, and we, and we have Tikinio, who is big body as well. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, does it? If you play a zonal defense, you know, that's a, that's a risk. That's a risk. I, don't I, think I, that's, I never liked I, it. I never liked the zone defense. I don't think that's the issue, man, because many teams do, 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 does the same, but it's not like it's not like a penalty every single corner tick, for God's sake. And if you remember, there was a period, I think it was like one year ago, maybe six months ago, when we had the same problem. We were conceding yep. goals from three, from corner kicks like uh, three or four games in a row. I think it was like uh, some months ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, set so many unanswered questions, man. Set pieces. Transfers? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> excuse me. I don't know if you you were here when I was talking about the transfers, but, but I mean, this season has been absolutely abysmal. Uh, and, and there's no there's no logic. There's no sequence. It's like we have Carvalho that we brought in, who I, I think is a good player. Huh? Yeah, um, he's fine. I think Carvalho is a good player. If he if he ends up you know being a good player for Olympiacos is another question. I mean, um, he give us creativity that we're really lacking right now. Exactly. We we, can, we we cannot create. We cannot. He can do that. see a pass. He can see it. He can see the runs before they happen. He can play the ball first time. Uh, you know, he has that flair. It reminds me of Fortunis in a way. But then you, he's you got... that, that old style of a playmaker who is not like super athletic, but he works with his vision and his mind more yeah. than with his body. Exactly. But then you've yeah. got him, you've got Fortunis, you've got Agibu. I'm telling you, like, I mean, okay, it's this season. If those three players are fit at the same time, who starts? I don't know. Play who with does, three who, playmakers. Who, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, I got your point. Yeah, but 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 you know who starts? Agibu Camara starts because he doesn't like Fortunis, and Carvalho is a bit lazy. He has that kind of you know attitude like Fortunis does on the pitch. He doesn't press. He doesn't yeah. do yeah. the things that Agibu does. But but the things that the other two can do, Agibu can't do, because Agibu still he's still immature. He's still indecisive, or he still makes a wrong decision. He still shoots instead of passing when he should pass, or he still passes when he should shoot. Um, but but that, that those are those are so many questions. Like, why did we sign Fadiga? Why did we sign Pierre Kunde? I almost forgot Pierre Kunde. What about Pepe? What about okay? I'm yeah. not I'm not talking about. I mean, and just pay attention. They're not like uh, players for your bench or your backup guys. They would be actually role players. Some of them even starters. That makes it even worse. And we paid money for them. We paid money for Niakuru. We paid money for Kunde, if I'm not mistaken. We, we paid, paid money, money for Pepe. Pepe. We paid money for Pepe. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, again, most of these transfers are Pedro Martin's choices, right? So, well, I can I can definitely see Pep. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a bit difficult with what you hear from the press because they say, for example, that uh, Lovera 
Lovera, who we signed for three and a half million, they're saying, oh, Martins knows the Latin American market really well and he wants Maxi Lovera. So I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. You that know what, a... I'm fine. I'm fine with the Lovera thing because when we bought him, he was quite young. So it's kind of, you know, it's a gamble. Yeah, I mean, but... but and the... I'm not against that, but when you sign Kunde, who is like 28 or something, and he's yeah. shit, and, and probably he was shit even before us, and he will be after us. I mean, what what's the scouting doing? And yeah. it's weird because our scouting in terms of our youth development and our B team is doing quite well. You cannot say it's a disaster. We got at Agibu for the second team, and he is our like yeah. our lineup starts from from him basically every game. Yeah, yeah. No, that I mean, there's clearly a connection that uh, that we have to the French market and and Africa picking up Algasim Bar as well, but. Uh, Costa Rafinha? Really? You get a, a right back who is 35 years old? I was saying I mean, earlier... That I, should I, be illegal. There should be a law. Like, by the Greek government, you're not allowed to sink left-backs or right-backs who are over 33 or something. It's literally the only position when yeah. you need, like, strength, endurance, stamina. To, I mean, to, to be fair, Rafinha had stamina even at 34, 35 when we signed him. And I said it earlier today. If I had to pick between Kenny Lala and Rafinha, I'd go Rafinha every time. Can you imagine Rafinha playing 3-4-3? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Come probably on. Probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> come on. It, it's, just, it's just awful. I don't know. So many unanswered questions. I cannot see we've been playing. We've been playing Andrutos at right back for a year now, and now suddenly he realized that he's not right back, and Mario Vrusa is the second choice right back now. That says just, a lot. That says a lot. We destroyed. So, we destroyed that. That play, We destroyed that player. We really you mean, destroyed. You mean Vrusai. Uh, Vrusai and Andrutos. And Andrutos. Uh, I think uh, like Vrusai is a little bit more talented than Andrutos is. Yeah. I mean, we can see Andrutos Tavani, as we say in Greece, right? But we were yeah. always hoping that Vrusai is going to be better in each yes. year, and so on, so on, so. Oh, yes. uh, I don't know. So, what do you think about next year? Big summer, man. It's it's a it's a rebuild summer, just like the first season. I don't think it's going to be as drastic in terms of getting 30, 40 players out as we did, you know, the first season. Martins came in, but but if I look at today's, uh, let's look at today's team. So who who do you keep? <coughs> you keep you keep the keeper. You keep Manolas. You keep Socrates. You keep Oleg as a backup, as a backup mm. option. I'd All keep right. him. I'd keep him I in the squad. I can't disagree with that. that. But not but not for my first choice left back. Not for my first choice left back. Absolutely thing, not. Man, he's becoming better. Slowly but steady. He's I, he's becoming better and you have to give him that. Uh, absolutely. And I have. Uh, I think that from from the start of the season until December, he and he and Cisse are our two best players. Him and Cicero are our two best players until December. Uh, and we've said it on the, the last few pods. And if you if you look at the player ratings that we do like after the games, every week since January, every game, we write the same thing. He's tired. He needs a rest. He has no competition. There's nobody to play instead of him. He's been run into the ground by this manager. And, and it's hard to... It, 
it's hard to watch him as it is, but you appreciate the effort, the determination, the improvement. Like his crossing did improve from from the beginning of the season until December, and then just after Christmas, I mean, he's gaige, like you say in Greek. Yeah, I, I, I got to, your point. He played too too many games without any competition, so I keep him in my squad, but not as my first choice left back. Kenny Lala, Andrew. thank you very much. Fuck off. Sorry. The same uh, thing works for Anjutsos. Yeah, I don't like to swear, but yeah, he can he can go wherever he wants. Andrutos, uh, I want him to go because I he, he his career at Olympiacos is finished. He needs to go. He needs to find he needs to find himself. You're talking about a player that started his career as a second striker, got moved back to central midfield. Uh, Paolo Benso played him as a number ten, like as a second striker. Do you remember? Moved. Do you remember the game in Barcelona we played? He, with Nicolau, yeah. Yes. Do you remember he was in the starting eleven on the Ruzos? Yeah, yeah, yeah but that, that season he was playing everywhere. He was left wing, he was right wing, he was centre mid, played everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He's a very versatile player, but you know, you probably know as well as I do, if you're a young player um, looking to to progress... Well, he's not you, that young anymore. Not, not anymore, not anymore. But at that age, you need to play in one position. And right now, I don't know what Thanasis Andrutos doesn't know what his position is. That's true. That's true. He's kind of lost. Okay, what about the midfield? Envila, I keep. I mean, so, sorry for interrupting you. Does yeah. it matter uh, if uh, Martins knows in advance what formation are we going to play next year? Because usually you build your transfer policy around the formation you're going to play, right? So yeah. if we if we have no clue yeah. what 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 formation we're going to play next year. I mean, this uh, conversation is kind of um, not pointless, but uh, I mean, you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, of course. <laughs> and in any any serious team, then yeah, you should know what your plan is, like how you want to play, what kind of football you want to play, what identity you want to have. Um, the, the, Do we the... keep Alarabi? No. For me, no. I agree with you. Uh, and I there agree are, with you. Th th there are different... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just bringing up this comment from Muscarius. Exactly, that's what I said, man. I, I, I couldn't find the better word in English, so I just resorted to the Greek word. Um, what were we saying? The midfield. No, 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 about El Arabi, if you would keep him or not. There are mixed, there were at least mixed opinions about this because it's very hard to find a player like El Arabi that scores 20 goals a season that can come to Greece. My point about this was... Do you know how much money he's earning? He's getting two, two million. I think he's... If, if he's not the top, I think he's one of the top earners in our team. He is the top earner. I think him and him and Jan and Villa have the same money. Yeah, something and, about that. And I think Manolas probably as well. But I, I mean... mean if he's asking for two and a half million, man, so thank you very much. Cheers, mate. You're one of the yeah, best. I do agree. I think you you can find a good striker for that amount of money. It's not that I'm trusting our transfer policy, mm -hmm. judging yeah. but like what what we saw last seasons. But uh, I mean, come on, that, that, that's way too much for a player who is like 36 next year. Yeah, I think I think he's turning 35. Yeah, I think okay. he. I I I can't. I think he he turned 35 already. So oh. no man, I, I'm I, I've said it. I think Tiquinho's our 
our point man next year, and I think they need to bring in a striker. Uh, and we need wingers, gosh. We need some wingers so we can create for themselves. We need we need two wingers, and we. You know, I have a feeling that we're playing with two Sebas on each wing every game. <laughs> Zero creativity, man. Like nothing. At, nothing. At, at least Seba, you knew what he was going to give you, and then there were the games where he was like, Seba was like the 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 Ole Grabchuk of the wingers. Yeah, something like that. You and he I mean? was he and like he's Brazilian. It doesn't make it he was the yeah. only Brazilian in the history of, of football that was a winger and he couldn't dribble. I mean yeah. they, they should they should take his nationality, I don't know, his Brazilian passport away. It doesn't make any sense. Um just bringing up this question from Yorgos Halkias. Would you agree that Manolas was the most passionate player out there today? He seemed the only one interested. I said earlier, man. I thought Tiquinho had a. I thought Tiquinho was was good tonight. Good in a sense that he was the least worst of the worst. Uh, I thought he had very good hold up play. I think that the referee could have whistled a couple of a cup on a couple of occasions that the, the defenders from the other team they they were very physical and so was he. But I think that he he could have gotten a few calls. Manolas, okay. We should expect that from him. From him, he's come back at, at, you know, at a good age to give exactly that to give, give passion and play for Olympiacos, you know, and probably finish his career here. So I expect that from him. Um, was he the most passionate? I don't know what you think, Roman. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was. I haven't seen the match today. <laughs> like I, I saw it briefly, but uh, I, I cannot judge. I cannot have opinion about this match. Yeah. Well, to, to, you didn't. You didn't miss a lot, man. But uh, I know. Like I saw the first goal, then the second one, so I turned it off. It was I, enough I, for me. I, I was saying today was a big fat zero. Yeah. Zero shots. Zero shots on target. Uh, last question, Costa. What about Niakuru? Because I have a very unpopular opinion about him. Go. <clears throat> you know, I think Niakuru has the Harris Papas syndrome. He's very good player when you're playing on the counter-attacks. Yeah. But when you play a possession football, when the opponent is defending all the time, he's pretty much useless. Yep. And... Uh... It's not so much that it's an unpopular opinion. We, when we did a oh, deep dive, uh, sorry for the popular opinion is that I think we should give him one more chance for the next uh, season. Uh, you can continue. Done. For me, it's done. <laughs> it's done. I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know what it is about him. It's just he it doesn't have any character. He doesn't give off like, uh, in Greek we say in it ausmos. Like he smells of nothing. If you try and smell him to try and understand like what's going on, there's no smell. There's no yeah, smell yeah, got, and there's no I passion. And he just doesn't ooze anything. He doesn't give me anything. Like I've said it on a couple of couple of shows, like that he makes some good runs, but there are very few players on the team that can pick him out. Maybe a Fortunis or maybe a creative player like like Carvalho, somebody that can pick out a pass. And that's the only kind of El Afridico, like the only kind of excuse that I can find for him is that there aren't really players on the team that can pick him out. 
But the point is, uh, the point you made about him being a player that can play very well on the counter is a point that we we brought to the fore when, when Ari did his deep dive. So when he did his deep dive, he said, this player is very good playing in open space, but his build-up play is not great. And eight times out of 10 in a season, you know, when we're not playing in Europe, we're playing against a park the bus tactic. Mm-hmm. So you paid five million for him. Yeah, the, the value is is, is shitty. I, I got your point. Yeah, it was That's a fair. wrong. It's just the wrong signing. It's the was the wrong signing. Okay, do you remember which was the alternatives? I think there was another guy from Besiktas. I'm missing his name right now. He was a black guy as well from Africa. I'm missing his name. Oh, oh, oh and oh, and oh, could do something like that. And to go and could do the, the Tottenham player. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Uh, there was there was Bruma. Gosh, man, I almost forgot him. Helios for this. A thousand I, times. I, a thousand I times Bruma. A I agree with you. I agree with you. And if we paid his his release fee was six point five. Six point five, I think. Six point five million euros. Yeah, but that's still too much for Bruma, but it's way better. Five million for Onyekuru. Yeah. He paid yeah, five million. And I think there was some wiggle room to bring the, you know, try and negotiate, get him for five. Do you remember how uh, Miralas came to Olympiacos? When? How? How? Yeah, yeah. It, he came it was, I think it was the last season of uh, Kokalis. Um, the, yeah, the next season, yeah. uh, Marinakis. It was the transition. Uh, it, it was, it the was transition, a transition, yeah. yeah. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he came as a loan player, and then we bought yeah. him or something like that. Correct. Yeah. And uh, and I think he we were playing against Saint Etienne, and he scored us, and he had like an amazing game. Yeah. yeah. We played against him, if you remember, and he was yeah. amazing. That that's how we actually discovered him. Uh, but we need some creativity, man. We need some creativity from the from the wings. It's it's unbearable. There's we need creativity. Period. There's not you're not getting anything from your wingers, and Madi Kamara is like it's like an imposter. It's not Madi Kamara. What we're seeing. How, how much teams were offering for Kamara this uh, summer? Like fifteen or something. Suppose, 20? yeah, let, let's say between 10 and 15, but but I'm not sure because okay, I think let, let, let's say 15, let's say 15, let's stick I, with I, that. I don't, I don't think we got that kind of money, I don't think we received that kind of money. I think Napoli bid about five or eight million, something like that. I don't think they bid more than 10. Okay, well, let's make it 10, like uh, to be in the middle. Yeah. yeah, what's the max amount of money we can get for Camara right now? So his his valuation on transfer marks just went down from 15 million to 13 million. So if you want to use that as an indicator, but quite frankly, I don't think you get more than five million for him now. If based on his season, uh, Aris Pierce just bringing up the wingers that were that were linked this season. Yeah, um, Marcus Edwards was one I wanted to bring up. Marcus Edwards Marcus Edwards has gone to Sporting Lisbon now. The guy who, uh, the English guy from, uh, I, I'm missing his team right now. Yeah, so he was playing for uh, Guimaraes. Guimaraes, yes, somewhere in Portugal. Yeah, ah, I remember uh, Pavon as well, the Argentinian yeah. guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, so he's uh, he's on a free in the summer. 
the Diego, I think it's Diego Jota. Not no, so that's that's the Liverpool player. This is the uh, the Jota that plays for Benfica. He was on loan in Spain last season. I don't know where he ended up. Uh, Reese Nelson is having a sh a terrible time in. Uh, I think he's in Holland. He's not not playing well. Um, yeah, man. To to be honest, looking at all of those, I mean, Marcus Edwards would have been, I think, would have been a really nice signing. He's um, he's half Cypriot as well. He speaks Greek. Speaks a bit of Greek. I think we were we were about to sign uh, Ajax, uh, Ajax Garcia, uh, not Garcia. Yeah, it's Garcia, right? Levi Garcia. Yeah. Levi Garcia. Yeah. Somehow something didn't went the the way it should, and uh, we thought that he's a bad choice for us, and we took uh, like Bruma instead uh, that year, and then we changed Bruma for a Niakuru. I mean, it's getting worse and worse, you know. It's like a chain. I don't know how how that. And we're missing a player like uh, Garcia right now, who can be a threat, who can play one on one, who can create himself. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't have that at all on the wings. Um, very, very uh, Gary Rodriguez, but both Gary Rodriguez and Levy Garcia, they both have the, the same problem. They're both made of glass. Yes, but I think Gary Rodriguez is much, much worse, man. I cannot remember Olympiacos player getting injured more than him. Like, he, literally once a month, he gets out for two weeks. Yeah. That's it. Oh, all right, Costa. That, that was it, I guess. I'm not sure if you have another guys waiting on the line. No, uh, we've been going on nearly one and a half hours. It's midnight here in Brussels, and I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it, call it a night as well. But sure. Thanks for thanks for the company. Thanks for coming on. Um, thank, thank you, you Costa. Thank you. Be safe. Take care. Yeah, peace to all world. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you, Roman. And that was Roman Zvilnidis calling from, from Moscow. Guys, I think I think we're going to call it a night. We've been going, or I've been going for almost an hour and a half. It's been great getting your comments in as usual. Thanks to everybody that that's uh, popped in tonight. A bitter, bitter night for the football team. I hope there are some basketball fans out there as well. And I hope that the basketball fans giving you a bit of joy, uh, a great win in the basketball. It's the end for the, our European campaign. We've got the Greek Greek league left. There's a game against Offi at home this weekend. Offi have been doing pretty well recently. Let's see if there's anything that we can salvage from this season. Um, let's hope that the board, the management, everybody involved at the club is already thinking about next season. Personally, I've been thinking about next season already since October, November last year. I've already said it a couple of times today. I've said it before. We need a, we need a, a, a bit of a, we need a rebuild, not a, not a complete reset, but we need to ship out some players. We need to bring good players in. We need to make good choices no more Henry and Yukurus, no more lone Ronnie Lopez options. We need to change the way we do things. Uh, what we've seen in Europe has been a shadow of what we what we saw in Pedro Martins' first two seasons. Pedro Martins, I think, needs to ask himself some difficult questions as well. 
we were saying with Roman, there are a lot of questions that are that have gone unanswered about some of his choices, some of his decisions. And um, I think that's all we've got time for today, folks. Thanks very much for, for watching. Thank you for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Wherever you guys are uh, on the planet, stay safe. Um, pray what's going on um, on the eastern border of, of Europe is troubling, to say the least. Let's hope it does not escalate any further. Let's hope for a level of diplomacy and de-escalation. Um, strange times we're living but okay guys again thanks very much don't forget to like and subscribe in case you haven't done so already like if you liked what you listened to tonight subscribe and that way you won't miss future episodes check out the blog that's coming out done by labro and costalianos they've been in athens the last couple of days they were looking forward to the game they did some interviews, um, footage from around Athens and in the stadium tonight. You can take in the atmosphere. So make sure you subscribe and uh, hit the bell and you'll get a notification as soon, as soon as that out. On the good days and the bad days, we're here for you. We are Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiacos by the fans, for the fans. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL, Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.